Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the National Hockey Now Network. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by National Hockey Now. It is Saturday, November 19th. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith looking and feeling a little bit better here on this uh, Saturday as we are ready for a massive Saturday NHL card, and it is massive today. We're talking 15 NHL games on the slate today, uh, pretty much all but two teams in action. So it's a huge Saturday. Uh, Alex, first of all, how are you feeling today? Yeah, much better. Uh, like I said, you know, I've been having some issues with this flu and trying to kind of manage my medications and different things. So uh, doing much better, finally able to eat and, and feeling a lot better. So, uh, you know, glad to be back, like I said, with a big card today. Isn't it interesting with now since we've had 32 teams, have we had a day where all 32 teams have played? I don't know if that's going to be, if it's logistically possible, honestly. I think this is as close as we've gotten. Um, yeah. honestly today uh, a day where we have obviously uh, 15 games on the board and 30 of the 32 teams in action but I don't think we've seen all 32 yet on a particular day you know, uh, the I'm, NBA the NBA pulled it off on uh, election day last week here and they started every game 15 minute intervals I think that'd be a really cool thing to see the, the NHL do especially in the yeah. second half of the year with no football out, out of, you know and in, in competition I think that would be kind of a cool cool thing you know have whip around coverage have both of the of the TV networks uh get involved here in the US and and of course in Canada I think that would be a really cool thing to see yeah, that's a good point of Javius Schrader. Just one quick note on the L.A. game last night. Yeah, good win for Vancouver. Demko was great. It was best game of the year. Not even close. I mean, there is no doubt about it. I've not seen Demko play better than he did last night. We know there's a good goalie in that guy, but let's see a little bit more. Let's see if he can keep it going for more than one start. But it was a good, good positive step forward for a guy that's obviously had a rough season uh, in net for the Canucks. And look, even defensively in front of him, they were better. So nice win for Vancouver. That's now two wins in a row. We'll see if they can get on a little bit of a roll here after what's been a disappointing start to the season. All right, let's get into Saturday. Huge slate. We will start with first of two afternoon games on the slate, New Jersey and Ottawa. The Devils minus 145 road favorites, uh, six and a half the total uh, in this game. Jimmy Murphy was with me yesterday on Friday, and he used Ottawa as a best bet on the show yesterday from this card today, saying today's the day that the win streak ends for New Jersey. And, you know, it is a little bit of a tricky spot just because it's the end of a road trip for them, uh, a successful road trip, one obviously where they've won every game. You know, do they get tripped up here by Ottawa, a Senators team that's been struggling but did finally bounce back uh, and get off the schneid with a nice, impressive, solid win, I would say, against uh, Buffalo, albeit Buffalo struggling now as well. But give Ottawa credit. It was a better performance from them uh, in that game. We'll see if there's a carryover to today uh, against uh, New Jersey, Thomas Shabbat, of course, remains on IR. So can that blue line hold up? You know, Jake Sanderson, Travis Hamannick, Eric Brandstrom, JBD, Jacob Bernard Docker, Nick Holden, Jacob Larson against that New Jersey team. And that's going to be the question mark uh, going forward uh, in this game today is that Ottawa blue line minus Shabbat trying to defend this Devils team. Anton Forsberg uh, will be in net for the uh, Ottawa Senators uh, for this uh, game. He was in net for the win against Buffalo. Played pretty well, actually. One goal allowed on uh, 30 uh, shots, 30, uh, 29 saves made by Forsberg in that game. As far as New Jersey goes, they've been obviously going with Vitek Vanacek quite a bit with Mackenzie Blackwood on IR. We don't have a Coley confirmation yet, but sounds like we might see Akira Schmid uh, in net here this afternoon for uh, the New Jersey Devils. Not confirmed yet, but there's some projections out there saying there's a possibility that Lindy Ruff is going to give Vanacek a little bit of a break. Uh, and we might see Schmid in net. I think I'd, I'd gravitate a little toward an over six and a half if that's the case. I mean, I'm just not, I, I applaud Jimmy and his guts. I will say that for taking Ottawa here against this New Jersey team. I'm not going to lay it either with New Jersey. I mean, minus 145, end of a road trip, not the value I'm looking for, but I'm just not ready to fade New Jersey right now either. They've found ways to win even when they haven't played their A game. And you're going to need something pretty damn good from Ottawa in order to get this victory and beat this uh, New Jersey team. What I've been impressed with with the Devils is just how much balance they have in their lineup. Uh, all four lines can score. Uh, it's been impressive. It can be Jack Hughes one night. It can be Jesper Bratt another night. Nico Heeshear another night. Igor Sharangovich. 
Miles Wood on the fourth line has like seven or eight goals this year. I mean, they're getting contributions from everywhere, this Devils team. And it's been pretty special to watch it. So I applaud Jimmy, and I wish him all the best with his best bet. I applaud the uh, bravado that he has taken Ottawa here. I'm passing on the side. We do see Schmid is in net. And even with without him, I do lean a little bit to over six and a half. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Devils, Senators? Yeah, if there was a time to fade New Jersey, I feel like this would be the spot and the price. You know, the early start's not going to matter much to them. They play a lot of these games. So uh, you kind of throw that out the window, like I said, but at the end of a road trip as well. And maybe that's probably the thing to look at with these early starts too. It's where do they land? And if they land, you know, late in a road trip, maybe that, that, you know, it's just, oh, well, you know, we playing the game earlier, we get home a little earlier. Maybe there's, there's that kind of carryover mentality. This is a spot where I'd probably look to, you know, watch the game live, get a feel after the first period. And if this is a tie game after 20, maybe take a, a shot one way or the other, uh, you know, in game. And remember, these teams just played recently in New Jersey, and it was a 4-3 win for New Jersey, but Ottawa played them tough. In that game, let's not let's not forget that. Uh, so that's why you know got to be ready to go if you're New Jersey if you're going to extend this uh, win streak here. Uh, Ottawa did play them tough in the uh, first go round. As far as uh, player props go, you know I'm not really going to go and belabor the point, but it's basically you sprinkle a little on a bunch of guys if you're New Jersey because you know what you do is you maybe put a little bit on Miles Wood to score, a little bit on Sharon Govich, Brat. You know, you could go with Zetterland as well for more value. I mean, Hughes and Heeshear are well-priced uh, in terms of their goal props. On the Ottawa side of things, we've talked about Pinto repeatedly, uh, about him being a value option. You know who might be a sneaky value option? Because he got a lot of chances in the last game against Buffalo. Matthew Joseph, actually, moving up to the second line. Uh, he had a bunch of chances against the Sabres, and he's had five shots on goal the last two games since he's moved up to the second line. So I think Matthew Joseph might be a little value with Ottawa in terms of a goal score prop for this game. All right. The second of the two afternoon games, this should be a really good game. Fascinating game. Storylines aplenty. The revenge game, if you will, you got players on both sides facing their old team for the first time should make for an exciting situation. Calgary and Florida, uh, the Panthers minus minus one thirty-five home favorites, six, the total Matthew Kachuk playing against the flames for the first time. Huberto and we facing the Panthers for the first time. So, you know what that means from a prop standpoint. Maybe you look at all three of those guys. They want to make an impact. You're playing their former team. You always are fired up. You want to do damage, whether it's Kachuk, whether it's Huberto, whether it's even Wegar, who doesn't score, obviously, a lot. But to get a point, even if you're not comfortable with taking a shot on him to score a goal, you know, I'm always liking those kind of prop situations for sure. I'm going to be a fucking stubborn guy here and take Calgary again. I mean, I'm, this team has just burned me so many times, but they're good. They're playing good in their losses. It's not, it's not, it's going to feel hollow because they're not winning the games, but they played good again against Tampa Bay earlier this week. They outshot them. They outplayed them. They just couldn't bury the puck enough. And Markstrom lets in a soft goal, which was the backbreaker. When they made it 2-1 Calgary, they got back into it in the third period. And then just seconds later, just a horrible goal for Markstrom to give up. And it went to 3-1 Tampa Bay, and that was the end of the game. But Calgary is playing well enough to win these games. I cashed a ticket, fading Florida as favorites in their last game against Dallas. They lost 6-4. Uh, we'll see who's in net. Uh, we haven't heard confirmation yet. I think if you're Paul Maurice, you've got to commit now to Spencer Knight. You have to. I mean, Bobrovsky's just too up and down. He was good against a depleted Washington team and then just chased from the net after four goals allowed in the first period to Dallas the other night. No consistency there whatsoever. Big injury loss, though, for Florida, potentially. Alexander Barkov, uh, illness, uh, didn't play in that game against Dallas, and you can see the impact his absence made. Uh, he's feeling better, could return, but not for sure yet. You know, we're still waiting on that. So sounding like he might play, but we don't know 100% if Barkov will be in. But either way, whenever I see Calgary at the underdog price, I'm interested. And yes, they're having a tough time. They did have that two wins in a row to snap the losing streak, and then they lost the first game of this trip. But, man, you're seeing good play out of this team in terms of carrying the play, not giving up a whole lot defensively, yet what they do give up seems to end up in the net. That's the, what's most frustrating about this unfortunate little uh, bad luck run that Calgary's been on of late. But I've got to lean to that. I've definitely got to look toward them at a plus price here uh, in this spot. I still think Florida here, from what I see night to night with them, uh, a little overvalued. I thought that against Dallas, and I think that here as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Calgary, Florida? 
Yeah, it's going to be a pass for me. I, I totally agree with you. I think this is a too high of a line for Florida, but Calgary, like I said, the form that they've been in, and I've gotten burned with them a couple of times as well. I just don't really want to back them. This uh, big card like this, this is one of those nights where, you know, I'll probably pass quite a few games. This is definitely one of them. Great game to watch, though. I mean, with all the story, sure. all the oh, yeah. players playing their former teams. I mean, that's going to be a lot of fun. To, I think a good prop game, too, because I'm going to come back to Adam Rzichka again. As long as he stays on the top line, I think he's going to have a chance to be someone to score a goal for Calgary. For Florida, there's a bunch of options. I'm seeing on a bunch, a couple of sites now where there's a big shakeup with potentially Barkov missing where, you know, you could see Colin White playing on the top line. The old veteran Eric Stahl looks like he is going to be on the second line potentially here. Uh, what is this, 2012, not 2022? Uh, but nevertheless, they look like they might be moving him up the uh, lineup for the uh, Panthers here today uh, in this game. And um, also moving up the lineup, he's a guy I think that scored in the last game for Florida, if I'm not mistaken. You know, my timing has been off take, uh, betting his goal score prop, but this could be a day to get back involved with it because I believe I'm just uh, confirming. Is he on? Yes, he's scheduled to be on the top line with Bennett and Kachuk today. E2 Cool Mint Lusterinen. I really do think that is someone that you want to consider here. Once again, especially now that it looks like he might be playing top line tonight for. Uh, the uh, Florida Panthers with Bennett and uh, with Kachuk, it looks like. Yeah, Kachuk is on the top line. I said Colin White. Kachuk is going to be on the top line. White, the second line. But Lusterinen in particular could be on that top line, which means he ain't going to be priced like it uh, in terms of his goal score prop. Uh, uh, E2 Kuhlman, Lusterinen, by the way, plus 430 in some spots to score a goal. And if he's on the top line, that's certainly a great value there. All right, Detroit, Columbus. Rest of the games are tonight. Uh, we've got Detroit minus 140, road favorite, six and a half, the total in this game. You know, I, I can't believe Columbus is actually winning a bunch of games in a row with everybody they have out, but somehow they have, and you got to tip your cap to them. You know, beat Philadelphia and Montreal back-to-back games this week with just an infirmary of injuries. I mean, it's just insane who's out. Lionade, Danforth, Voracek, Roslovic. Four key forwards are all on IR or out due to injury. And then you've got four regular starting defensemen. Jake Bean, Zach Wierenski, Adam Boquist, Nick Blankenberg out. And yet here they are. They still found ways to win games. you got to give Columbus credit. So I'm going to pump the brakes on fading Columbus now. I think at some point they're going to level off as long as they remain this shorthanded. But I'm not going to guess when that's going to be. It's not a great spot for Detroit either. You're out on the West Coast, right? And then you're flying back to the Midwest here, to or to the, all the way to the East, actually, to Columbus for this game with just one day off in between. Um, it's, it's, situationally, it's advantage Columbus. Honestly, it is in this game. And they're finding ways to win right now. So maybe the slightest of leans to the Jackets, but I ain't going to touch it. I ain't because I just think the moment I bet them, you know, these that's when you end these injuries that are just so plentiful right now for them. Eventually, they're going to feed, uh, it's going to come home to roost how many key players are out and they're not going to be able to overcome the number of injuries they're dealing with every single game. So I, I'm going to end up passing. Jonas Corpusalo, by the way, confirmed in net as you would expect with Merzlikan still out. And uh, we don't know who's in net for Detroit yet, but uh, projected to be Vili Huso as of right now. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Detroit Columbus? Uh, I like this first period over two. It was up as high as plus 120, which I think that's uh, a decent value. And I know Detroit, not necessarily the fastest paced team, but like I said, with Columbus, eventually you, you think the walls are going to come down with, with those those cluster injuries on the blue line. Uh, Corpus Salas still just trying to find his form back. Uh, we've seen some higher scoring games with the wings as well. You know, saw them give up eight uh, to, to New York, and then they score seven of their own uh, in their last game. So they do have the offensive potential. And, you know, they just need a team to kind of bring it out of them. I think Columbus can do that. So first period over two, plus 120 with uh, Jackets and Wings. I think the over six and a half actually might be something I consider once I get uh, confirmation of goalies. I mean, Detroit got in a bit of a shootout against San Jose. Columbus still continues to be an over machine. You know, I've been betting this team over the total a ton, four straight overs, six of the last seven. I probably will end up getting back to the well with the over. And then I'm looking at the series history. Uh, four of the last five have gone over the total. Columbus, Detroit, 5-2, A lot of goals. So I think that probably will be an official play for me over six and a half. And Alex likes the first period over here with Detroit and Columbus. All right, Pittsburgh and Winnipeg. We've got the uh, Penguins minus 120. Uh, road favorites, six and a half, the total in this game. I, I, I don't think I can back Pittsburgh. I like Winnipeg, uh, the way they're playing at home. 
But at the same time, you know, Pittsburgh, you know, in this situation, I could see them, you know, after getting the win against Minnesota, they're a streaky team. They win one. They seem to win two or three after that. You might see something like that here. And they're actually fully healthy. looks like everybody accounted for here for the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. And at the same point in time, while I do like the way Winnipeg's playing at home, six and one they are uh, on home ice this year. They're still without Appleton and Ehlers up front, couple defensemen out. And, you know, if not for Kyle Connor, they might have lost at home to Anaheim the last game. So I didn't think they played their best in that game. I could make a good case either side, honestly, in this game. So when that's the case, I'm probably going to lay off the side. Uh, as far as the goal goalie matchup here in this uh, game, we expect it's probably going to be a hellebuck here in net for the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Uh, as far as Pittsburgh goes, uh, it's looking like we are going to uh, see, I would think, Jari. Yes, Jari again mm -hmm. uh, in net. Hellebuck for uh, Winnipeg. I figured Jari getting the win against Minnesota, even though he still gave up some goals, uh, that they would go back to him. And that is indeed uh, the case uh, with uh, Jari being the starter tonight. Alex, what do you think here, Pittsburgh-Winnipeg? Yeah, I like Pittsburgh in this spot. I, you know, I watched the, that win against Minnesota. Like I said, yeah, they, you know, defense was still a bit shaky, but they're getting their offense rolling. And uh, one of the things that I, you know, heard, I know some people were obviously around town. Pittsburgh stayed in town an extra night. They had a big dinner over at the St. Paul Hotel uh, and kind of, you know, said they got everybody healthy now. They know how, you know, things went with that first long road trip they had. That was, a, you know, kind of a miserable stretch, kind of put them down in the bottom of the hole. You look back now, they've now won three of the last four games in the road. I feel like they're kind of taking their time, bonding together a bit. And you know, this is obviously a close group. We talk about the veterans that have been there for such a long time. I think they've got things rolling in the right right direction. And like I said, this is a good Winnipeg team. They've won six or seven at home. Uh, this won't be a cakewalk, but I think the Penguins have things right back where they were closer to the beginning of the year uh, than they did during that little blip where they were kind of losing games every night. So I like Pittsburgh here at a cheap price. All right, like in Pittsburgh here, minus 120. A couple props that I, I would keep an eye on. They just called up someone. He's played a couple games with the Jets, Mikey Essimont, uh on the uh, third line. Uh, he's done a nice job uh, for Winnipeg. He's had some chances. Maybe you take a flyer on the goal prop with him. Jason Zucker, it goes without saying, I've been talking about uh, Jason Zucker for uh, a long period of time now and how he's been able to uh, chip in uh, offensively lately for the Penguins. So that's not a bad option. I'd go with Brock McGinn. He's feeling it right now uh, for Pittsburgh as well. Four goals in the last uh, five games for him. Uh, and uh, so not a bad option there as well. Those are the two I like the most on the Pittsburgh side of things. McGinn and uh, Zucker uh, in terms of a uh, goal score props in that uh, Pittsburgh and Winnipeg game. All right, Colorado and Washington. We've got uh, Colorado minus 120 uh, to minus 125 uh, road favorites, uh, six being the uh, total uh, in this game. Uh, Colorado found a way. I mean, didn't play all that great, to be quite honest with you. It was really the uh, uh, Panville Francois show. Uh, against Carolina the other night. He played extremely well uh, in that game. We'll see if it uh, carries over here uh, to this game tonight against uh, Washington, assuming he gets the start, which you would think he will. Uh, we'll see if that is indeed uh, him in between the uh, pipes tonight for the uh, Avalanche. But he played well, you know, so well that maybe they give him another start. Kemper's in net tonight for Washington. They're still banged up. I've said this repeatedly. Wilson, Oshie, Orlov, Haglin, Brown, Backstrom, uh, all out of the lineup for this team. They at least had got John Carlson back a couple of games ago, but there's no question this is a wounded Washington team, one that until they get there uh, closer to full strength, I'm not really looking to back them. I give them a, a hell of a, a, bit, a hell of a good deal of credit for the effort against St. Louis. I thought they played pretty well, deserved two points in that game, but they ended up losing to the Blues in a shootout. Colorado on this road trip continuing to, like I said, find ways to win. The numbers come down here, and again, they're betting against Colorado a little bit, down to minus uh, 115, minus 120 uh, as road favorites. And look, Colorado does have a couple of injuries of their own. They've got Sam Girard, Bowen Byram, day-to-day -day on the blue line out. Of course, Big Val Nachushkin and Landeskog have been out for a while. They are finding ways to win right now, this uh, Avalanche team. And I haven't bet Colorado yet, but I'm damn sure getting more interested with this line dropping to minus 115, minus 120 on the abs. I'm definitely leaning to Colorado now with the price drop. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. And like I said, you know, Kemper getting the start against his old team. His old team. Yep. Uh, you know, that, that's uh, an angle I kind of look at some from time to time, but I can't back Washington. Uh, it has to be Colorado or pass for me. It's more likely will be a pass. I do want to kind of go back quickly, mention Akira Schmidt is starting for the New Jersey Devils in that. 
Uh, you know how I could tell he was going to start. He was starting. Uh, see the money flowing in on Ottawa right now. That's how I oh, can yeah. tell. Yeah, and also it is confirmed that Hellebuck will go uh, with Jari in that Winnipeg uh, Pittsburgh game. So this is a pass for me on Colorado Washington. All right, Colorado. This is more of a prop game. I say Sonny Milano again and Connor Sheary for Washington. Like those are those are the two guys if you're if you're going to bet Washington props. I mean Sheary's on the top line. Milano's made a little bit of an impact. Colorado. Rodriguez and Newhook are the two I would really zone in on. Uh, these two guys scored the other night. Uh, they've been impactful. Martin Cout and Logan O'Connor as well. They've chipped in a little bit. Those are the four guys that are undervalued in the prop market for Colorado uh, right now uh, in, going into uh, this game. They've been doing a lot of the damage. I mean, uh, when it's not been McKinnon and Rantanen and some of the big guns, it's been O'Connor, it's been Cout, it's been Newhook, and it's been Rodriguez uh, for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. All right, next up, we've got the Buffalo Sabres, who are suddenly not waiting until December to go through their little uh, epic uh, collapse, if you will. They're going through it right now. It's been a rough go uh, for the Buffalo Sabres. Toronto minus 275 home favorites uh, in this game, six and a half the total uh, pretty much across the board. This is always the opponent, though, that gets uh, maximum effort out of Buffalo. We've talked about how... They've always been a thorn in the side of the Toronto Maple Leafs all these years. I mean, I think there's a good time for the Sabres to be playing Toronto. They need something to spark them. You know, they've lost seven in a row. Their schedule's been brutal. I will say that. I don't want to totally excuse Buffalo because, look, they're not playing their best. But look at the schedule. Carolina on the road. Tampa on the road. Back home, Arizona, Vegas, Boston, two more tough teams. Uh, Vancouver was, you know, should have won that game. I can't excuse them for that. You got to win that game at the end of the homestand. They lost to Vancouver and then they back to back and they played Ottawa without rest. So they played a lot of games and a lot of games against good competition. Uh, won't get any easier here against Toronto because Toronto's off a loss. You know, they're, they're not happy with the fact that three giveaways of the puck, three turnovers led to New Jersey goals uh, in that loss to the uh, Devils. So they're going to want to clean that up. Buffalo does seem to always make it difficult. Uh, on the Leafs. I mean, look at series history. Buffalo has won four of the last five meetings uh, against Toronto. 5-2, 5-1, 5-2, 5-2. In fact, last year, they won the last three meetings in a row against Toronto. And the only Toronto victory since February of 2020 was 5-4 by the slimmest of margins. So you talk about Buffalo really being a pain in the ass to Toronto. It's been that way repeatedly. I don't do this very often, but this is one of those games where I think I would do a sprinkle on the Buffalo money line split with the Buffalo plus one and a half at even money on the puck line. Not put it all on the money line, but put a little bit on the money line and a little bit on the plus one and a half at plus 100 on Buffalo. Because I do think they come in here, you know, loose. Uh, even They're struggling, but they got nothing to lose here. Toronto's laying the big price. I get it. Uh, off a loss, you'd expect a bounce back effort, but Buffalo has been a repeatedly has been repeatedly a tough team for Toronto to beat at all, let alone beat by margin. So, you know, I definitely am, can, I think, make a little bit of a case here for uh, Toronto, or sorry, for Buffalo in this game. Money line split with the uh, puck line. Lean over the total as well. What do you think here, Alex, with Sabres and Leafs? Yeah, you know, I haven't had too many big dogs this year, but this is one I like. I'm going Buffalo plus 230 here. Uh, you got Uko made the, been called up with Eric Cromie going down. Uh, this guy's the future, you know, and, and we saw him, uh, played well last year. You know, he, he's gone through some some injury issues, but he's bounced back nicely uh, down in Rochester. I think this could be one of those spots. And this is a classic Maple Leaf shit the bed on Hockey Night in Canada spot, too. We've seen them as big favorites over the years uh, lose these games. Like I said, Buffalo's won four of the last five meetings against them. So I think this is a, a good night to turn things around. It's amazing they even got the hell out of Buffalo. If you see all the photos of the snow, literally six feet of snow falling down in, in that area. So, uh, I'm sure they're at least you know, happy to, to be out of that mess. Uh, but yeah, give me Buffalo plus 230 here. I think this is one of those spots they end up uh, finding a way to take advantage of a Toronto team that, like I said, they don't just always get off to some of the best starts on these uh, Saturday night affairs. So uh, I'll take a shot here with them. And how many times do we see that team with the uh, guy that's been called up? And look, Uko Pekalukanen is not some newbie. I mean, he started a bunch of games for the Sabres, but this will be his first start this season. You know, they everyone wants to play well and, and give a good effort if, and help their goalie out. So I'd expect that with Uko, Pekka Lukin, and uh, getting the uh, first start of the season for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. You look at his numbers in the past, 2020, not so good. 2021, though, nine games with the Sabres, 
2.74 goals against 9.17 save percentage. Respectable numbers for uh, Uko Pekalukan and last year with Buffalo. So again, you can never feel comfortable if you're going to lay minus 275 with Toronto. And I think you feel even less comfortable playing a team like Buffalo, considering they've given them fits every single time. Well, and that's the importance of, of, like I said, you know, when I do my goalie charts, which those will be updated today, that we've had so many changes in the last 48 hours, I've had to basically kind of do them on the fly a bit. But, you know, that's the importance of having that in my power rankings is because, you know, teams, you know, people will automatically jump and see this matchup, say, oh, Toronto, you know, are always going to be a big favorite, but now an even bigger favorite because of this third string goalie that's in. Well, Uko Pekalukin actually pretty good enough to possibly be the starter uh, for this team. He's certainly going to be one moving forward. They just wanted to give him a little bit more time to develop, but he's got great size, uh, you know, good control with rebounds. I've, I've watched him play uh, quite a bit, like I said, between AHL and NHL starts. He's definitely developing into somebody who's going to be a solid number one goalie in this league. So uh, I think there's some good value with him. Yeah, definitely. Matt Murray in net, by the way, tonight for the Leafs he actually played well. The New Jersey game, I thought he played well, and even in a loss, he the, the, the team turned the puck over right in front of him. All three goals led to that, so I can't really hold Matt Murray to, uh, at fault too much for that. So we'll see how he fares here in this one. But uh, yeah, this has been a tough team for Toronto over the years. We'll see if Buffalo gives them uh, another tough matchup tonight uh, in Toronto against the Leafs. All right, Philadelphia and Montreal. Next up here, we've got uh, Montreal minus 135 home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. Philadelphia is definitely not someone, uh, a team I'm looking to back right now. They're kind of going in the direction we kind of thought they would uh, coming into the season. They've lost five in a row. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard the same shit and the same quote from John Tortorella after each of these losses. We got to make more plays. We got to make more plays. I mean, it's 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 like a recording or something. I heard it after the Ottawa game. I heard it after the Dallas game. I heard it again after the Boston game the other night. They lost 4-1. We got to make more plays. We're working hard defensively. We're hanging in there. We're getting decent enough goaltending from Carter Hart. We got to make more plays offensively. So it's a broken record. You know, at some point, you know, the words have got to turn into action, right? And we're not seeing that yet with the uh, Flyers. So uh, this is a game where uh, now Montreal – you suddenly look at what we've seen from them the last three games is seeing the defensive floodgates open up. They gave up four to Pittsburgh, five to New Jersey, six to Columbus uh, the other night. So it's not like they've been uh, scoring goals in bunches. I'm going to actually, in this game, it kind of feels like a backs against the wall scenario here for uh, Philadelphia in this game. I'm going to do a little sprinkle on the team total for Philly over two and a half. I mean, I do think that the, the focus after the Boston game practice, they're just working on the power play. They're working on their breakouts from their offense. Everything was geared toward working on the offense. Now, we've seen this movie before where they work on something and it doesn't get fixed the next game. It's the same shit. So you always get concerned that's going to be the case. But to me, to ask any team right now to score um, three goals or more against Montreal, it's not asking a lot. You know, we have seen this team, especially lately, you know, giving up three goals or more to most of their opponents in recent games. I think there's a good chance here you can see three from uh, Philadelphia. So as far as this game goes, I would lean a little bit to the Philadelphia team total over. I'm going to keep it a small bet because it's juiced a little bit, uh, but I still like it there over two and a half for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, and keep in mind, too, the recent games that they've struggled to put the puck in the net, you know, Boston, Dallas, pretty good defensively. You know, they've seen some pretty tough defensive teams. They played Columbus the other night, weak def weaker defensive team, and they did score four in that game. So I've got faith they can at least get me to three goals here tonight. In a spot where now they've lost a bunch in a row, I expect them to really try to come out firing here, and you just hope the puck goes in for them at some point. Alex, what do you think here, Flyers, Canadians? This is a game I would only look to bet live, uh, maybe look for, for a total. Like I said, if you do see some, some kind of uh, improved pace and effort offensively with Philly, uh, wait for that six to drop down. You might be able to get, even get a four and a half uh, at a decent price if they don't score early. But uh, like I said, I, they got to prove it to me. They like said they held to one goal uh, exactly in three of the last four. They need to get things rolling. This could be the team to do, to do it against, but yeah. uh, I, I'm going to pass it most likely. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a leap of faith. I mean, trusting Philly to score three against anybody right now, but that's also why you're getting two and a half. And again, I think it's against a team that you, you should, I think, in theory, be able to find the back of the net against. There are some props that I do like. Owen Tippett's the guy for Philly right now. His effort's been great every game. I think goal score prop-wise, not a bad option. Montreal, I'd stick to the same three. Josh Anderson, Kirby Doc, and Mike Hoffman. I think I've talked about them repeatedly. And Suzuki, too, but Suzuki is priced like a goal score, you know, a good one. So you don't get as much value. I think for me, it's Doc Anderson and um, Hoffman for Montreal is where I would go from a goal score prop standpoint. All right, next up, we've got the Chicago Blackhawks and the Boston Bruins. I mean, is this Boston team ever going to lose on home ice this season? 10-0 and 0 now uh, at TD Garden. Minus 425 home favorites in Beantown uh, for this game. Uh, the total six pretty much across the board. I know our uh, old colleague on the ice guys, Andrew McGinnis, is in Boston uh, right now. Uh, he was at the Flyer Bruin game the other night. He's going to the Patriots game uh, tomorrow, so hopefully he's having a good time there. I know the Bruin fans are having a good time right now watching their hockey team play. I mean, what a season it's been so far for Boston. 15-2, and like I said, undefeated, 10-0 and uh, on home ice this year. I mean, good luck to Chicago trying to end that uh, home uh, losing streak. That being said, Boston did look asleep against Philly for a large part of that game. And even though they ended up winning 4-1, you know, if Philly scores the first goal, not Boston, we could have been talking about a completely a different game there. So keep that in mind. If Boston's alert in this game, they'll win it no problem. But we did see them look, and Jimmy said this on the show yesterday, and of course Jimmy reports on the Bruins daily. He did say they looked a little, you know, going through the motions early. We'll see if that's the case here tonight against Chicago. But can you trust the Blackhawks here? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. Two and eight in their last 10 games. Uh, they've kind of gone backward uh, in the other direction. I think what's been impressive for Boston is that they've gotten not just the perfection line scoring. They've gotten Hall and Coyle and uh, certainly Thomas Noshik, the last game chipping in uh, offensively as well. Uh, Chicago on the flip side, they have had a much harder time scoring goals uh, of late. Uh, no question about that. Seth Jones, by the way, remaining on IR for them. And as far as the uh, goaltending matchup here in the Chicago-Boston game, it'll be Morozik and a returning Jeremy Swayman for the uh, Boston Bruins. Uh, he makes his return uh, in between the pipes, uh, giving a red-hot Linus Allmark a little bit of a break. The question's going to be, uh, how is sharp is Swayman going to be uh, in this game? We haven't seen him start since November the 1st, which was over two weeks ago. Uh, and his numbers, 2-1, and one, but 3.45 goals against 878 save percentage. So those aren't great numbers. Can Chicago's offense come to life against Swayman tonight's the biggest question. I kind of lean to this being a sneaky over, but I, I haven't bet it yet. I'm still on the fence with it, but I do lean over the total. Con, uh, uh, Alex, what do you think here? Chicago, Boston. <laughs> I'm taking a shot here with the draw. I'm seeing it as high as plus 470 in some spots. Wow. Uh, I think this might be a, a, one of those spots. We don't know exactly what we're going to get from Swayman. He's been out a, a couple weeks. Hawks, I'm surprised they're actually rolling with Peter Morazic tonight. That means we're more likely going to see Arvid Soderblom tomorrow uh, in what's going to be a big game at home. That's Marion Host's retirement night against Pittsburgh. So uh, I really thought we were going to see Soderblom in this spot. And had it been Soderblom, I would have been uh, Boston team total to the moon. Uh, in, in this one. But I think with Morazic and Net, clearly the better option right now. Not sure what we're getting from Swayman. And like I said, the Hawks struggling offensively. Uh, but like I said, if Boston kind of falls asleep in the first period, maybe Chicago can get the first goal and get things rolling. Maybe they just play it tight and, and keep this kind of low scoring. Also, three of the last four meetings have gone to overtime. So uh, I think at this big of a price, you have to take a shot at the draw. And also give me the birthday boy, Sir Patrick Kane, to get an assist. So I'm going to go over one, uh, a half and assist at minus a dollar ten. Uh, you know we've seen him mature and his game change. He's now more of a playmaker. He's he's thinking to pass the puck first rather than taking the shot. That's why we haven't seen him do that much in the goal department. But we've definitely seen him rack up points. And the fact that Taves has been playing better offensively, uh, we know, and of course what Kane does on the power play. So I think there's a good value for him to at least get a point tonight, uh, well, assist rather tonight. So I go that minus a dollar ten along with the draw uh, at plus four sixty. All right, Tampa Bay, Nashville, Tampa Bay minus one thirty road favorite, six the total. Nashville's getting a little steam uh, going now, a little bit of uh, a win streak for them. They've perked up. They've won three straight games, uh, and. 
uh, 2-1 over the Rangers, 2-1 over Minnesota, and 5-4 against the uh, Islanders. Tampa Bay's won three in a row, uh, all at home against Washington, Dallas, and uh, Calgary. They did get, you know, the play taken to them, dictated to them by Calgary, but doesn't matter when you win the game 4-1. Andre Vasilevsky was probably one of his better games of the season for a guy that's been kind of up and down at times this year in net for the uh, Lightning, but he was very good uh, in that last game. Uh, so you got two teams that are in pretty good form uh, at the uh, moment. Uh, I, I actually do lean a little bit to the over here just because of series history. Two of the last three have gone over the total in this game, uh, but it's nothing that's overly strong. It's just a smaller uh, opinion here in this one. There, this is more of a prop game. Like I say, uh, Nick Paul, uh, I've talked about him repeatedly being a, a little bit undervalued in terms of the prop market for Tampa. And I'm going to go back to the well with uh, Yuso Parsonen again. We talked about him. He's been playing on that top-line center spot for the Nashville Predators. Two goals and an assist, three points against the Islanders. He scored in his uh, first NHL game last week against the uh, Rangers. Uh, this guy has been fitting in seamlessly, honestly. Uh, he's looked totally at home, like he's played with Granlin and Forsberg uh, on that top line for years. So it's been impressive to watch uh, Yuso Parsonen. Uh, play on that top line center spot and to be honest with you the prices still haven't been adjusted enough like plus 345 plus 330 is what i'm seeing in some books top line center that scored two goals in the last game three goals in three games since he's been called up to the nashville team i mean that is just outstanding value uh, in terms of the goal score prop right there uh, no question about that on Yuso parson and for nashville uh, what do you think here alex lightning predators yeah, this one's more than likely going to be a pass for me. I was kind of leaning toward uh, taking the first period over, but I think if I do that, it would be in a live spot. You mentioned two of the last three that have gone over uh, in these two meetings between these two teams. The, the one that went under was the outdoor game they played in, in Nashville. So we have seen back and forth action and, uh, you know, Nashville playing better. We know how well they play at home. And it's a Tampa kind of making that turn around as well. Uh, and you mentioned about Vasilevsky. He's been hot and cold this year. And like I said, things we kind of expected early with this team, they, they kind of go wherever he goes. So, you know, maybe he has a bit of a flat spot tonight and this comes, becomes a high-scoring affair. So uh, first period over live, maybe even look at a full game over live. We'll just get that number to drop and get some better prices. All right, next up, New York Islanders and uh, Dallas Stars. Uh, Dallas minus 145, home favorite, six the total uh, in this one. Uh, the New York Islanders trying to bounce back after a loss to the uh, Nashville Predators, 5-4 uh, uh, in their last game. Uh, well, that snapped a mini little two-game uh, uh, winning streak for the uh, Islanders. We'll see if they're able to get back uh, in the uh, win column here tonight. Still 9-3 and three in their last 12 games overall, the Islanders. They've played some pretty solid hockey uh, overall. You know, I'm tempted by the Islanders at this price, honestly, plus 125. I took Dallas against Florida, plus 170. They were as high as that price as an underdog against Florida. They won 6-4. That was the game where Scott Wedgwood got injured, just uh, ended up with that back injury. It was very scary. Had to be actually stretchered off the ice. He looked like he was in significant pain there, Alex. Yeah. Yeah, no, you, you mentioned that, and, and it's, it's interesting because Wedgwood is uh, more than likely going to back up tonight. It's going to be odd just starting, but that was a very scary accident. He, yeah. he could not get up. Yeah. Uh, so they had to, they had to stretch yeah. him off. Yeah, so so uh, didn't hear what exactly the issue was. If it was a stinger or something, but that's something to keep in mind when we whenever we do see Wedgwood back in action. Is this just was that just a blip, or, or is this something that could maybe hinder him a little bit? Even though it's not bad enough for him to be on our. Yeah, yeah, no question. That was definitely a worrisome sight, and uh, we'll see how quickly he's able to get back. But he will be uh, he's able to back up at least. It looks like. Uh, to uh, uh, to Jake Ottinger tonight, so that's at least a good sign uh, that it may not be as bad as we initially uh, feared. Uh, I'll tell you what, both of these teams, you know, we've seen Dallas trend over, and we've seen the Islanders. Look, I didn't necessarily buy into them being a, this much of an over team, the Islanders, because look, it's a guy that's taken over as the head coach that's coached under Barry Trotz all these years, who's preached defense and a tight checking, lower scoring style of play. But he's let the Islanders kind of go a little bit more free-flowing this year. The Stars have been trending over. So have the Islanders. And I kind of lean in that direction. Especially with Ottinger not in his – he's not in his A-plus form since he's been back from his injury. There's no question. He's going to need, I think, a little bit more time. You know, he could always have that game. Like maybe tonight's the night where he's just, you know, one goal and 38 saves. But it hasn't been that way for him since he's been back from injury. You look at it. San Jose gave up five goals. Five goals to Tampa Bay. 
He did give up one against Philly, but Philly's been struggling to find the back of the net. And then Florida, he gave up two in relief of uh, Wedgwood after he had the back injury the other night. So he hasn't exactly found that best form yet uh, in net. Ottinger since returning from injury. I think Dallas can find the back of the net uh, against, it uh, looks like Varlamov is expected no. to start, although we don't have a confirmation on that just yet. But definitely interested in the over. And honestly, the Islanders have been good off a loss lately too. So I'd lean a little bit to the Islanders here at a nice plus 125. What do you think here, Alan? Yeah, no, we do have a, a confirmation of Varlamov uh, against Ottinger. And like you mentioned, Ottinger hasn't been in the sharpest of form, but I think he's gets slowly getting back uh, into, into the right spot. And like I said, even though these are two teams – that normally trend under looking back at the previous history. The last time we saw fives on the board, it was these two teams involved. Uh, you know, those are the, the ways of the dodo now, of course. Uh, everything's six and six and a half with the totals. But uh, I would maybe look to grab a, a live over uh, if we see a, a faster pace. But I already took Dallas here uh, in regulation. I got it plus 105. And that was before uh, Ottinger was, was officially confirmed. I think that's just too cheap of a spot with, uh, with this Dallas team at home. Ottinger's still a, a top-tier goalie in my eyes, even though he hasn't been playing the absolute best. This might be one of those spots where he kind of rounds back in the form and, and, and has a good performance. So uh, I'm banking on that. That's basically largely what I'm betting on. This is more of a goalie uh, matchup than anything else in my eyes. So Dallas in regulation plus a dog five. All right, Dallas in regulation here. And uh, they do have a good home record. That is true. Uh, Dallas at home this year, 4-2. Uh, and two. Uh, on the home ice, uh, we'll see if they can keep that going here tonight against the uh, New York Islanders. There are some props I like. Uh, I talk about Wallstrom. Once again, every game I think he's worth a look as long as he stays on that top line. He's not going to score every game, but you're not getting him priced the way his line mates are. And as far as Dallas goes, I'd probably look toward Marchment. Uh, I'm always interested in him in terms of the um, the, the goal score prop. Uh, Wyatt Johnston's cooled off a little bit after uh, a rough start. Jamie Benn and Sagan are starting to perform a little bit, and now you actually have more value with them than you used to. Odds makers have finally seen how inconsistent they've been, and there's been some games where Sagan and Ben have been flirting around the plus 300 range to score a goal. So you're getting a little bit more value with them now just as they're starting to both heat up, uh, Ben and Sagan, in terms of the goal scoring for uh, Dallas. Uh, all right, next game we've got is uh, Anaheim and St. Louis. Uh, the Blues minus 200 uh, home favorites in this game. Uh, the total right now uh, currently at um, looks like six pretty much uh, across the board here uh, in this game. Uh, should be fascinating to see how it goes. I mean, I'm certainly when I talk about this Anaheim team, the struggles they've had defensively, I think they're at least trying to be a little bit better at the defensive end of the ice, the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Now, whether that's going to end up being a, a scenario that plays out well for them long term remains to be seen. I mean, they're five and twelve this year, a large part due to a team that's just been terrible with the penalty kill, uh, not very good defending in any way, shape, or form. And St. Louis comes in here with that offense starting to really rev up again during this five-game win streak. What a streaky team, aren't they? Uh, this St. Louis team—they lost seven in a row, and now they've won five straight since then, and they've scored three plus goals in every game during this five-game win streak, uh, and a grand total of twenty-one goals. Uh, during that five-game streak. So we're talking about a team that's averaging more than uh, four goals per game uh, as of late. So I think this game probably has got a shot to get up and over the total of six here, Ducks and Blues. You just need a couple here from uh, Anaheim. Uh, inter interesting to see what the uh, Ducks do offensively, but St. Louis looks like they're going to have Jordan Bennington here in net. Another thing that I like, too, in terms of the, the over here is the cluster injury situation we have with both teams on the blue line. I mean, it's Shattenkirk, Drysdale, and Nathan Beaulieu for Anaheim that are on IR. And, you know, St. Louis has multiple defensemen that are out uh, due to injury as well. Bortuzzo, Perunovic, Scandella, and Colton Pareko. Remember, Colton Pareko uh, missed the Chicago game, missed the Washington game, each of St. Louis's last two games. What happened? They went over the total. They miss him. They're, they're a much weaker team in their own end, defending in their own end. I find without Colton Pareko and it's played out in the results here, the last few games, including the Washington game, because they had what 50 shots in that game without Pareko on the ice. So especially if Pareko is a no-go for the third straight game for St. Louis, I'll really be interested even more than I already am in the over here with the ducks and the blues. Alex, what do you think? 
Yeah, I like the over here at six, but I also like the draw here at plus 350. I think this could be one of those back-and-forth affairs. Uh, Anaheim trying to get the offense rolling. We know Gibson just has been a shell of himself this season. Really, really shocking to see uh, how bad he's played. Bennington, you know, we're getting classic Bennington. He did one night, cold the next, up and down, up and down. He's confirmed uh, starter for St. Louis. I think this could be one of those higher-scoring games, but I think it goes past 60 minutes. So I'll take over six, and I'll go draw at plus 350. All right, uh, Terry Edelman may not be happy with me, but I'm going to be talking about this next game anyway. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes and the uh, Minnesota Wild. We've got uh, Carolina minus 120 uh, road favorites here. Uh, the total sitting at six. I like the Canes here. I mean, I, I I don't really like what I'm seeing out of Minnesota. One game they don't score. The next game they don't defend. The next game they don't get goaltending. I mean, it's just they are not getting all aspects and elements of their game clicking all at once that's definitely something that concerns me and you got carolina off a game that i think is going to leave them even more fired up to get back in the win column tonight they deserved a better fate uh against colorado uh the other night 48 shots on goal 48 to 15 they lost in overtime uh to colorado so you cannot fault uh the effort from the uh, hurricanes in that game now you've got a vulnerable you know minnesota team that's lost three straight uh two of them on home ice against pittsburgh and san jose 2-1 loss to Nashville uh, as well. Uh, and you mentioned the XL Energy Center. That energy is not filtering down to the home ice team, the Minnesota Wild lately. 2-6 and six for the Minnesota Wild at home this year. Meanwhile, Carolina's actually been better on the road than at home. 6-4 and four road record this year uh, for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I think they get the job done here uh, in this one. Uh, last year, uh, believe it or not, Minnesota won both meetings against Carolina, but that was last year. Right now, I think you've got current form edge for Carolina. They obviously should have gotten the two points, to be quite honest with you, against Colorado the other night. They were got stonewalled by Pavel Francouz in that game. I think it's a bounce-back spot here for Carolina, and I'll take them minus 120. Alex, what do you think here? Kane's wild. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, the natives are getting restless with this wild team. You know, the people that were leaving earlier that game against Pittsburgh, I went out and grabbed some food, talked to some people, and they said, you know, they just don't look the same. They look slow. Uh, you know, they're not passing clean. They're not making the moves that they are capable of doing. This team is definitely playing well below expectations right now. And I know they have the injury issues. I understand Gustafson uh, being the, the number one guy is not ideal with Flory going down, but Flory wasn't playing that well either. You know, he was, even though he was trying to get back in the form, it still just wasn't there night in, night out. Uh, this is a Carolina team, like I said, playing better on the, on the road. Uh, and if they get 48 shots off against this wild team, they could they can name their score basically. Uh, we know that they are one of those teams that can get shots in bunches and quality shots as well. And then they've got Piotr the Great, uh, Piotr Kachekov, and, and that like this is a kid. Like I said, the books are gonna have to adjust to him quickly when he does start. He is definitely one of the better third string goalies in the league. He's the guy who's definitely gonna be uh, sticking around in the league, I think, for for quite some time once he finally does get his his fair shot. And so. This is a, a good spot to back them. I laid the dollar twenty as well. I think that I think you could go regulation, but I'm just gonna play it a little safer and, and lay the extra juice go uh you know money line minus a dollar twenty. Yeah, minus a dollar twenty, uh, not a bad price at all uh to take uh, Carolina in my opinion. And definitely, like I say, Minnesota, they've had ga- they've had basically problems in all facets of their game. Power play stinks too right now. Four straight games yeah. without a power play goal uh for Minnesota. Uh penalty kills giving up a goal now and back-to-back games the five-on-five offense isn't consistent some games the defense falls apart and like I say now with the situation that's unfolding now with Flurry on IR uh, now you've got to rely on Philip Gustafson and his 3.2 goals against 901 save percentage and one and four record not something I've uh, all that excited about if I'm the wild yeah and you mentioned the power play they, they're doing the classic Minnesota move of making that extra pass not taking quality shots with the, with the man advantage it's just been brutal from that department and that's something like I said you know uh you can't give carolina the edge in special teams on either side to be honest no no you can't do that there's no question about that and they are definitely having issues in all facets of their game right now there's no make no mistake about it all right uh next up here as we continue along by the way we got 118 live viewers saturday afternoon we, we do want to point out we appreciate that because again uh the, the, makes it worthwhile that we do probably the we are the only nhl betting show that does it seven days a week uh, and when we get uh, people showing up live like this on a saturday uh, it's much appreciated so appreciate all you uh, all of you on uh, 
YouTube, hit the like button, uh, and uh, definitely show uh, your support. But uh, great turnout, as always, on a, a busy uh, Saturday uh, NHL card, especially with a lot of other things going on. I mean, the holiday week is coming up, Thanksgiving week, so we appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, L.A. and Seattle. We've got Seattle minus 140 uh, home favorites in this game, six being the uh, total uh, pretty much across the board in this one. Uh, I'm a little bit surprised it's this high on Seattle, although it is L.A. on a back-to-back. They played in Vancouver uh, last night against the uh, Canucks and a 4-1 to loss for the uh, L.A. Kings uh, in that game, although I thought they played – they didn't play their best. I thought they were, just their execution. I think the effort was there. The execution was not, especially the execution offensively. It, it just – passes weren't clicking. Uh, they had some chances. They weren't able to finish, and you got to credit Thatcher Demko. Like we said at the beginning of the show, uh, I think it was one of his best games this year. Uh, We'll see if uh, L.A. can bounce back here on the uh, back-to-back situation. Seattle is off a 3-2 overtime win against the New York Rangers. Obviously a big rest advantage. They were at home, no travel, day off yesterday. L.A. had to play in Vancouver, and they fly in, uh, obviously, second of back-to-back games here against uh, Seattle. So it's definitely a spot edge for uh, Seattle. Uh, but I ain't going to lay minus 140 here with Seattle. Not when I still think L.A. is the better uh, squad here uh, in this uh, matchup. So for me, it's going to be more than likely a pass when it's all said and done. And I'd probably just stick to props uh, in this game. Schwartz and Eberly for Seattle seem to be the two that are really stirring the drink offensively for them. And obviously for the L.A. Kings, uh, I can't even mention Velarde anymore because they finally got him priced the way he should be. I'd look more toward Trevor Moore. He looks like he might be showing signs of heating up. Same with Fiala and maybe even Kaliev, who's on the fourth line, yet he seems to get chances and score, and he's not getting priced like it. So more of a prop game for me, and I'd probably put a few bucks on all those players I just mentioned there for finding the back of the net tonight. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, LA Seattle? Yeah, this would be one I'll more likely watch and look for some live spots on. I, I lean with the over, even though uh, we've kind of seen Seattle, you know, that over train has kind of cooled down a little bit for them. Uh, but like I said, catching LA on the second night of a back-to-back, maybe there's some some better opportunities. I think we could probably get a better price waiting in game, even though six laying a dollar five isn't bad. I think we could probably get this down to maybe even a four and a half. Uh, with a plus price or, or laying a small price. So that's the angle I'm going to look at here. Like I said, L.A., uh, I think they're still the better team, too. And usually at a dog price, I like to jump and, and back them. But I don't know. They're just kind of flip-flopping around. I think we might see a higher scoring affair. But you can wait and get a better price. All right. Next up here uh, on this uh, Saturday card, we got two games left. And this is definitely one of the marquee games tonight uh, in the NHL. Vegas taking on Edmonton. We've got the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Just slight road chalk here in Edmonton here, minus 115, uh, slight road favorites, the Golden Knights, the total, uh, six and a half pretty much across the board in this game. Look, this is definitely, you would think, circle the wagons, bounce back spot potentially for Edmonton. I don't disagree with that. I kind of lean in that direction, but I don't know if I'm going to pull the trigger. I don't. Um, Although it is interesting to note. He finally lost a game, and it wasn't his fault, I mean, to be honest with you, against L.A. I don't, there wasn't any issues with Stuart Skinner's play. It was just they got shut down completely by L.A., who played as good a defensive game on McDavid, Dreisaitl, and that Oilers team as you could ask for. Uh, they just played absolutely terrific uh, defense, the L.A. Kings, in that game. Uh, but they're going right back to Stuart Skinner in that again for the Oilers here tonight. And that's a sign that they still have no faith right now in Jack Campbell at the moment for the uh, Edmonton Oilers that still they're going to go back here to uh Stuart Skinner, even after a loss. So, but he, but hard to argue that he's definitely outperformed Campbell. I think Cam, I think if Skinner loses tonight, then they try to give Campbell another shot. I think that's going to be the plan. Uh, if you're Jay Woodcroft, what I think is important to keep in mind is I've seen Leon and Connor have just these games where they're totally invisible and LA made them invisible. It's not like the effort wasn't there but they made them invisible with the way they defended. It's just so terrific, you know, clogging up the neutral zone, taking away that speed, taking away that ability to make passes through the middle of the ice, taking away time and space in the offensive zone. You know, the LA Kings did all of those things. And usually when Leon and Connor and Jarek is hinting at why I'm leaning Edmonton are just that dismal, that they don't make that, they're that quiet in one game. They usually explode the next you know, especially on home ice. So I think situationally, I, I kind of lean Edmonton, but at the same time, 
you know, Vegas has been a road warrior this year. Obviously, we know they've had a great season so far, 14-4, and four, but 8-1 and one on the road for the Vegas Golden Knights. Tough to go against them when considering how well they've played. They've certainly been the better defensive team early in the season than Edmonton. So I've got to lean to Edmonton here, but it's not with a boatload of confidence or, you know, vigor. Uh, but I've seen this movie before with Connor and with Leon and this team in particular with those two guys. When those two guys are held off the score sheet and they're made to look silly, if you will, one game, uh, they often respond in the positive the next game. We'll see if they can do that here, though, against a Vegas team that can be stingy defensively and obviously has gotten great play out of the, their young goaltender, uh, Logan Thompson, who we would expect to see uh, in net for the Golden Knights tonight in this game. Alex, what do you think here? Vegas, Edmonton. Yeah, I'll pass in this game. Definitely watching it for sure. This is going to be a fun one to to watch. It might jump in live, but uh, like I said, this is, you know, I think Edmonton definitely need to keep rolling with, with Stuart Skinner. Uh, I think they can, like I said, yeah, probably if he loses tonight, they'll go back to Campbell. But, you know, you got to get just get the best out of Skinner right now. I think this is more of, of backing him than not trusting Campbell, to be honest. We're seeing arguably his best play. Uh, since he's been a full-time NHLer, so and for Vegas, like you said, they've been eight and one on the, on the road. Got that win uh, against the you know, lowly Arizona team that's basically traveling around the world for the next month or so. Uh, but I think this would be a good spot for them to try to bounce back, especially against a division rival that you're battling with. Uh, so fun one to watch. Might look to jump in and, and look for some goal next to score props and different things in game. But uh, no, no position right now for you. Um, uh, you know what, because it's because I'll probably have a few beers, maybe more than a few beers in me by that time, 10 p.m. Eastern tonight, <laughs> I'm sure I'll end up betting Edmonton for something. I mean, yeah. I'm saying right now it's probably a lean, but I'll probably put a few. It's just I'm not overly confident because I know how good Vegas is defensively. and But I also know Edmonton's had a really strong track record when uh, their star players get shut down one game, totally shut down. They definitely try to make an impact, show up the next game. Uh, I still think there's better hockey in this Edmonton team moving forward, but they definitely have had a bit of a disappointing, erratic, inconsistent start to the season. There's no question about that. There are some props I like, by the way, in this game. Riley Smith and Stevenson are, are worth a look, in my opinion, in terms of Golden Knights props for Edmonton. Warren Fogle, I keep saying he's starting to get things going offensively for them. Nugent Hopkins has been a consistent go-to prop for me. And look who's moving up to the top line with McDavid. A little bit of a blender with the line combos from Jay Woodcroft. Hyman McDavid and Matthias Janmark is actually going to be on the left side of that top line tonight. Skating on the top line in practice on Friday with McDavid and Hyman. Big move. He got his first point uh, last Saturday for the Oilers. And you got to believe he ain't going to be priced like a top line player. I'm going to look into it right now. What can you get with Matthias Janmark to uh, score a goal tonight playing with McDavid and Hyman on the top line? Yeah, plus 460 uh, in some spots. So that's definitely that Ian Cameron classic goal scorer bargain bin prop angle that I love right there. Moving on up the lineup, Janmark in the top line uh, here tonight. And yeah, revenge spot, you're right. Former Vegas Golden Knight for a little bit uh, as well, Matthias Janmark. So that's a great prop. That might be one of my favorite props of the night right there. Because uh, I am trying to do with my subscribers in the email. And also, I might start doing this on the show. When I do the best bet, I'll give you a goal score prop of the night. It's not necessarily that it's the it's the best value prop, I will say, when I say goal score prop. Right. Of the night. This could be the best value. Plus 475 on a guy that's going to play with McDavid, the best player in the sport, and Hyman on the top line facing his old team, motivated as all fucking get out to try, try to make an impact tonight, I'm sure. That's a great prop tonight. Great situation, Matthias Janmark, and obviously a great price as well. Definitely like that one. Yeah, that, uh, no, that makes that may, makes total sense too. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And on that top line, and uh, Connor McDavid can play with a dust mop uh, on the top line, and probably the dust mop can find the back of the net playing with a guy like that. Uh, all right, New York Rangers and San Jose Sharks, final game of this massive Saturday card. Uh, the Rangers minus 155 road favorites, uh, six the total uh, in this game. Um, look, I'm going to ride it even like I, I'm the Rangers are just, something's not right. I mean, they're eight and nine, they're below 500. They're only a four and four team on the road this year. Uh, and San Jose ugly loss, obviously against a Detroit seven to four, uh, a classic James Reimer spot where he leads them to a shocking upset against Vegas and plays great. And then he comes home and shits the bed against Detroit, gives up seven goals. I mean, if that's not James Reimer 
right there. Perfect example of what you get up one game down the next. Uh, I don't know what is. It's just the perfect example of why he's just inconsistent goaltender really the last few years. But for me, this is going to be a spot where in this game, I'm looking again uh, at something that I've been taking now for multiple games in a row here with this San Jose Sharks team. And that's their team total over and their full game and the full game over. Even with the Rangers involved, the Rangers aren't always an over team, but you get over two and a half minus 128 with the San Jose Sharks tonight. A San Jose Sharks team that has scored three goals or more in, in nine straight games. We've talked about this repeatedly now. They've just been actually, it's I think up to 10 straight games now. Yeah, 10 straight games of three plus goals for the San Jose Sharks. And over two and a half is only minus 128 for the San Jose Sharks team total. Uh, I got to take it. Even against a Rangers team, I'd get it when he's on his game. Uh, there's no question Igor Shosturkin could pitch a shutout, could hold them two goals or less. I'm not even so sure we're going to see Shosturkin tonight, honestly. This feels like he's been really liberal, Gerard Gallant, at giving him some rest, not running him into the ice, not starting him, you know, four, five, six, seven games in a row. This could be a Halak start tonight uh, for the uh, New York Rangers. It, I'm not saying it will be. But it wouldn't shock me, especially against a quote-unquote what they think is a lesser team, uh, putting in Yaroslav Halak tonight uh, in net for the Rangers. But either way, even if it is Shesterkin, I like the team total over. I like the full game over. I know the Rangers, you know, you look at their recent games, two goals against Seattle, uh, one goal against Nashville, struggled to score some goals in the last few games, only four against Arizona. But it's got to happen tonight because San Jose is giving up goals. They do give up chances. I think it's an opportunity for Zabanajad, Kreider, Panarin, and company to really get something going offensively, especially at five-on-five. Five. This is becoming a power play offense only lately. A lot of their goals are coming on the power play, and they're not getting a lot five-on-five five even strength. I think this is the chance for them to maybe change that. So two bets for me on this game. Sharks team total over two and a half and the full game. Uh, over six as well. Alex, what do you think here? Rangers, Sharks? This is more than likely end up being a pass for me. I was looking at the draw potentially uh, if it is Shesterkin in that. Uh, we've seen these two teams play kind of close. Three of the last seven meetings go uh, into OT. But some of those games, that, like I said, that didn't go were, were kind of close battles. And the Rangers just seem to be out of sorts right now. Uh, he said San Jose getting the offense rolling. He said three uh, more goals in 10 straight games. This feels like it could be one of those three – three games, you know, two, two game heading into overtime. So three forty five, three fifty. that it's worth t taking a look at, but it's not going to make my official card. All right. So a lean to the draw here for uh, Alex, that it could be a pretty competitive game here for the Rangers and the uh, uh, San Jose Sharks. Uh, if you're wondering, by the way, uh, uh, seven game point streak for Adam Fox on the uh, Rangers blue line uh, of late. And when you look at Eric Carlson, by the way, scored the other night, yeah, finally went into a little bit of a drought, believe it or not, scoring goals, Carlson, but he got back and he's can be streaky. I remember he had a few started the season. He wasn't scoring a lot. Then he had that crazy streak. Then he cooled off and then he finally scored the other night against Detroit. So this might be the time to jump back on the Eric Carlson goal prop as well tonight in this game at a really good price. Kevin LeBanc is worth an option. Uh, worth a look, I think, because he's really contributed since moving up to the top line with Hurdle and Meyer. I think that's a good look from a prop standpoint as well uh, for this game. And for the New York Rangers, I, I'm going to stick to the two guys I mentioned the last game, Jimmy VC, Barclay, Goudreau, both of them moving up the lineup, not getting priced like it. So a couple of props that I like there in that Rangers-Sharks game as well. Uh, again, we don't have goalie confirmations. They're just projections of Shesterkin and Reimer. But again, I would not be shocked if it's uh, Yaroslav Halak either getting the start tonight for the Rangers. All right, that is the Saturday card. What a monster slate, 15 games uh, on tap. Uh, excited to see them all uh, play out throughout the uh, course of the day and the night. Uh, thanks to everyone for joining us live on YouTube. Uh, by the way, a reminder, check out patreon.com slash ice guys, just $10 a month. Daily ice guys show betting card is posted there. Uh, goalie charts, totals charts, tons of bonus content, and a lot more on the way. Patreon.com slash ice guys. Uh, just $10 a month. Tomorrow is going to be a pre-recorded show with just me. There's only two games. Alex will send along his card, and I will mention it on the show as well as his best bet uh, on the uh, pre-recorded edition of the Ice Guys show on Sunday. I've got to leave early, so we're just going to do a quick, short, pre-recorded show on Sunday, and then we'll be back here live, of course, Monday at uh, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time uh, with the uh, Ice Guys show once again. And, of course, we do know that it is uh, Thanksgiving week coming up uh, in the U.S., Thanksgiving on Thursday, and then, of course, uh, Black Friday following that. 
And as far as the uh, NHL schedule is concerned, they're going to have that huge Wednesday card like they always do right before Thanksgiving. Uh, there will be no Ice Guys show on Thanksgiving uh, on the uh, Thursday, obviously, because there's no NHL games that day. But we will be back on the Friday at the uh, usual time, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. There are a bunch of games starting at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Friday's show. So we will get on the air right at the top of the hour. In fact, maybe even a couple minutes before two, so we can get through right. all those games before they begin. Carolina Boston will already be underway on that Friday. If we have anything for that game, we'll just tweet it out on the uh, ice guys, Twitter for Friday, black Friday, November 25th. So uh, all systems go still for the show this week, except of course, for Thanksgiving, where of course there'll be no show uh, on Thursday. All right. Best bets to wrap it up. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, let's go down to Big D. We'll go with Dallas uh, playing the New York Islanders. Give me them in regulation plus a dollar five. They said Ottinger, yes, he's taken some time to get, to get back into form uh, off of the injury, but I, I don't think that's going to be an issue. I think uh, this will be one of those good nights tonight for him uh, in this Islander team that we've still, you know seen them pl- open up a little bit more offensively, but uh, historically they tend to kind of retreat back, and I think Dallas will be able to press them enough to where they play a more defensive game. Uh, and that should give the Stars a win. They've been playing great at home. So uh, Dallas in regulation plus $1.05 is my best bet tonight. There you go. Uh, Dallas Stars in regulation for Alex B. Smith against the New York Islanders for his best bet. Uh, my best bet is, look, I've, I've talked about this uh, team total trend. I honestly think it's one of the better bets on my card, on my card for this Saturday slate. San Jose has scored three or more in nine, ten straight games, I should say. Ten straight games of three or more. And we see their team total at pinnacle right now, over two and a half, minus 128. I think that's a terrific uh, value uh, right there with the San Jose Sharks. Sharks team total over two and a half, minus 128. That is going to be uh, my best bet for this Saturday NHL card in late night action. Uh, that'll wrap it up. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. Remember, just me solo, flying solo tomorrow, pre-recorded show, and we'll get that uploaded on the Ice Guys YouTube channel uh, in the morning. And then we're back here live on Monday, 2 p.m. Eastern for a brand new week of the Ice Guys show. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And I'll see you tomorrow for the pre-recorded Sunday edition of the show and back live on Monday for the Ice Guys presented by National Hockey Now. 